Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, as always, Tyler Crawley. And even though the podcast is called Markets and Mortgages, we are not going to be talking real estate or mortgage markets because we got to talk inflation. Now, of course, what happens with inflation impacts real estate especially mortgages. <laughs> we are all aware of that. So it's like an indirect kind of impact. And we got the big CPI report. And it's also important to remember that the Fed, who of course has a outsized role in what is happening with, they control interest rates basically is what they do. And they don't look to the CPI. Their favorite metric is actually PCE. But most people look to CPI and CPI does does tend to be a little higher, which considering what's happening with prices right now, um, I would say people feel like CPI is a little bit more accurate to what is happening in the market. So the CPI report gets a little bit more attention than say uh, the PCE index. And this month, there was optimism. I will say this. There was some optimism going into this report. People were feeling good. We were hearing projections. We could see a negative number month over month. We could see the headline number, the year over year number actually fall under 8%. That was one of the projections. I think the official projection was around 8%, but some were saying 7.9. And that would have been awesome. We did not get that. We were not even close to that number because in fact, month over month, inflation was actually up 0.1%. It didn't fall 0.1% like economists thought. It was up 0.1%. And year over year, it fell slightly from 8.5% in July to 8.3% in August. So overall, a disappointing report. People were hoping to see that light at the end of the tunnel. And that was not, this was not that report. So people were not at all happy about this data. And when you break it down, I mean, it gets worse. (laughs) I mean, there was really only one category that saved this report. Everything else was, uh, was garbage. In fact, core CPI, which of course removes gasoline, and food, which is what most people buy on a daily basis, and so people always hate the core number, was actually up 0.6% month over month. Because the only real silver lining in this whole thing was gas prices, which we'll get to in a second. But we gotta talk about the number one item when it comes to inflation that people care about, food. And the bad news is year over year, food prices have now jumped over 11%. So it's it's not good. In fact, the actual number, 11.4%, because of a 0.8% increase month over month, cereal and bakery products are now up 16.4% year over year. I mean, that is just a crazy number. Dairy is up 16.2%, and then meat poultry, fish, and eggs are up 13.5%. That's that's bad. <laughs> There's no, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. And then the spread, this is what's so amazing to me. The spread between food at home and food away, like basically restaurants, um, continues to grow. It's now over five points 
Food at home is now up 13.5%, while food away is only up 8%. <laughs> and I say only because, I mean, that's 5.5%. That's more than 50%. I mean, that's just, it, 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 it's crazy how much grocery prices have risen. And I mean, this is just not a good, a good report. And as I mentioned, the only silver lining is gas prices. Energy costs were the only bright spot in the August report. Gasoline prices fell 10.6% month over month and are now only up, <laughs> only 25.6% year over year, which I mean is truly an only because at one point I think we were what, 70, 80%. So, oh, only 25%. <laughs> year over year. Um, Unfortunately, electricity prices did not fall, but they did see the slowest increase in three months with a 1.5% increase. But now electricity prices are up 15.8% year over year. That's the highest level since 1981. So it's been a while. (laughs) It's not good. And then here, this to me, and maybe because I do focus on housing, was the really scary element of this report. This is, if you're someone out there who's an inflation dove, which I'll admit I was I was a part of, I was team transitory. I was looking at the data, you're looking at what's happening globally, you're looking at supply chains, and I thought, okay, this is all going to subside. We were wrong. I mean, we just saw a minute here on the podcast. I was wrong. Now, of course, there were other factors that started to play a role in all this monetary policy and fiscal policy. Yeah, I mean, those were other factors that were involved. And then you saw a shift away from goods to services and just it's a little bit more complicated than um, originally thought. But the one area that everyone has been worried about has been shelter costs. So if you haven't heard me talk about it before, the way shelter costs work is there's kind of a lag with shelter costs. Because the reality is, is that unlike, say, food or gas or most of these other items, you know, not cars and stuff, but most people are not getting changes. And we're talking about renters here for the most part, because people that own, I mean, sure, once again, your property tax might change, your HOA might change, but your mortgage payment, unless you have a a variable rate, which most people nowadays, of course, don't, they have a fixed rate, it's not changing. But if you're a renter, it does change. But even though it does change, it only changes usually, you know, once a year, maybe you send a two year lease, maybe it's once every two years, whatever it may be. It's not every month. And so the CPI report takes that into account. And so when you're seeing big jumps in rent, like we have been seeing where you're seeing 10, 15% year over year increases, it's not coming across in the data right away because not every single person that's renting is seeing their rents reset that month. So it lacks. But the problem with that is that once it gets in there, it's there, it's entrenched. And so it may take longer to rise up, but once it does rise up, it stays elevated for a lot longer as well. So the lag both hurts or helps and then hurts the inflation data. And so in this case, Shelter costs are now finally being reflected. And that means it is going to take a while for these numbers to start to fall. And so that's why anyone who thinks that we're going to see some kind of 
return to 2% anytime soon, I don't see that happening, especially with the big jump that we saw in shelter costs. So here's what happened. In August, shelter costs have now rose, or I should say they rose, 0.7% month over month, which now puts the, and this is, this is overall, which now puts the index up 6.2% year over year. And that's big and that's important because shelter costs are just about one third of the entire index, which makes sense. If you think about what your biggest payment every month is, unless you're like one of those idiots I saw on TikTok that has like a $1,500 a month car payment <laughs> for like for like a pickup truck. <laughs> I mean, if you're driving like a Phantom, I'm like, all right. I mean, I know, I understand that. Like those are like three, $4,000. But I'm like $1,500 and you're driving like a GMC Yukon. Like that's the weirdest thing to me. I know those are expensive cars. I get that. But okay, I digress. Usually rent or your mortgage payment is your biggest payment for the month. And so that's why it's such a big portion of CPI. So now you're looking at 6.2% year over year. That's a third. So that means everything else needs to fall to almost zero for us to get back to 2%. That is the problem that I should say this administration is gonna be facing in order to get us back to 2%. Not just the administration, obviously, you know, Jerome Powell at the Fed. This is a big problem. And when you dive in the numbers, I mean, it's a little concerning. So rent of primary resident was up because there's two categories. There's owner equivalent rent of residence, and then there's rent of primary residence. Up 0.8% month over month is now up 6.7% when compared to August of 2021. That is the highest level since 1986. That is for, once again, rent of primary residence. Owner's equivalent rent of residence was up 0.7% from July and is now up 6.3% year over year. Yeah, I mean, so this is, <laughs> I mean, how do you get that number under 2% when a third of the entire reading is now elevated and is probably going to be staying at 6% for a while? Because of the lag, it's now entrenched. And so this is going to complicate things for the Fed and of course the administration. Uh, so uh, mentioning the Fed, the big analysis after this report came out was what is the Fed going to do? Goldman Sachs, of course the gold standard when it comes to investment banks, uh, slightly raised expectations on future rate hikes, saying, quote, we have raised our forecast for the Fed's December meeting to a 50 basis point rate hike. They originally had it at rate hike. Did I say rate hike? rate hike. They originally had it at 25 basis points. We now expect a 75 BIP hike in September, followed by 50 BIP hikes in November and December, which they believe will take the fund to four to four and a quarter percent by the end of the year. A lot of people still think they're being a little dovish with that analysis. Neil Irwin uh, over at Axios was much more hawkish saying 75 basis points was already baked in for the next week, but this makes the odds of more large hikes to close out the year higher. 
So, I mean, a lot of people are saying we might just see 75 basis points to the end of the year. And there is an increase. We did, you know, the CME group, you know, Fed watch, see what the Fed is going to do. They had, I think it was like 70, 80% that we were going to see 75 bips. The, now it's like 20% that you could see 100 bips, which I don't think is going to happen. If you want to know, if you don't follow him on, on Twitter, you should. Nick T- uh, Timoros at the Wall Street Journal, he is the Fed whisperer. Last time he was the first one to know, remember when they kind of abruptly decided on the 75 basis point hike? Nick was the one that broke the news on that. So follow him, see if he comes out with anything, because if they are going to leak something to him, it's going to happen soon. It's going to be happening sooner rather than later. But if they don't do, I don't, I don't think they're going to do 100 basis points the next meeting, but I do think they're going to do 75 going forward. I mean, this, this, was, not, this was not a good report, and it actually ends up worse. It, it's, it's worse when you break it down, especially looking at wages. So we have inflation, 8.1%, but one of the arguments that we've heard, excuse me, 8.3%, but one of the arguments that we've heard is that, oh, you know, wages are growing and it's been a long time since we've seen that. And so that's one of the things that might help out consumers. And if you look at retail spending, it has remained elevated. It's continued to climb slowly. However, if you adjust for inflation, it's probably actually falling, but maybe not at the rate that people would be expecting based on what's happening with inflation. Well, here's the problem. Wages, they are the problem because they are not keeping up with inflation in any way, shape, or form. I mean, they're just not. So the Consumer Price Index um, looked at real wages, which of course is you know adjusted for inflation, and they fell 0.2% in the month of August. They're now down 2.8% year over year. Now, that is an improvement from where we were in July when it was down 3.6%. And it is also an improvement from June when it reached its high or low, however you want to look at it. It was down 4%. So things have gotten better, but they're still down 2.8%. In all year, wages have been negative. They've been better than this, but they've been negative. So even with the wage gains, they're not keeping pace with inflation. And that's that's a problem. Because remember, two-thirds of our GDP is consumption. <laughs> so if people can't consume because the prices are too high, you get a retracting economy. You get a recession, which we may or may not be in, depending on who you're talking to. Uh, the Census Bureau also happened to release its annual assessment of the nation's finances, which found that the median household income was essentially unchanged in 2021 at $70,800. That um, was, or that slight decline from 2021 when it was $71,200. So we're only talking about a $400 difference was statistically insignificant. So technically it's no change, but it did fall. And this is, once again, we're looking at, we're looking at real household income. So this is adjusted for inflation. Not surprisingly, incomes were the highest in the West and they 
need to be because if you're going to buy a house out there, you got to be making more money. $79,400, Northeast 77,000, Midwest just over 71,000. And the South was, I mean, they were they were far behind. I mean, they were well behind at 63,400. Now, despite falling in stagnant wages, the poverty rate did not increase, according to the Bureau. The official poverty rate was about 11.6%, which is equivalent to about 37.9 million people living in poverty, which was pretty much where we were the last year. Now, here's the good news. The poverty rate for children saw a big drop, 5.2% from 9.7% the prior year. And some people have said, well, that is because of the expansion of the earned child care tax credit. And so that gave parents more money and more and moved more children out of poverty. So that was a good development. The bad news is that people over the age of 65 who tend to live on fixed incomes and therefore cannot adjust as, well, I wouldn't say easily, but they really can't adjust like other people can. You know, usually when inflation starts taking off, you, you know, you get a pay raise at work or in some cases, however you're being paid may be tied to inflation in some way if you're a union worker. If you're on a fixed income, yeah, I mean, it your your wages aren't going up. And so you did see a slight uptick for those over 65. Now, the good news is that Social Security continued to be the most important anti-poverty program of the year, moving 26.3 million people out of poverty. But the bottom line is wages are rising, but they are not keeping pace with inflation. Keeping pace with inflation. <laughs> what was that? What was that weird sentence that I just uh, threw out there? So, yeah, I mean, the, the reality is, is that rates are going to stay high. They're going to move higher and they're going to stay there for longer because of what is happening with inflation. Not what the housing market wants to hear right now, but that's the news. That's what's happening. I can't sugarcoat it. I wish I could, but I can't. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. We'll talk to you again Thursday morning. Am I okay? There we go. (laughs) See, I have to eat after the podcast, not before it. Okay, let's try that again. I will see you guys on Thursday. You guys have a good Wednesday. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. 